Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 52 of the BWAMS podcast. My name is Richie Maruf, and we're coming to you from El Paso, Texas, here at Power at the Pass. Now, check it. It has been a while since we've uploaded an episode of the show. In fact, it is currently May 1st, 2021. And from what I recall, the last episode we uploaded was back in December of 2020. So it's been a few months. Now, normally our pace hasn't really been that fast anyway, because one, during the pandemic, I wasn't really looking forward to meeting up with anyone to record an episode. Uh, Now, I know what you're thinking. Why didn't I do it online? The truth is, I didn't want to oversaturate the whole online thing. Uh, During 2020, I started a new series called the Stay at Home Open Mic. And that was just a way to give people a chance to get things off their chest, whether it be poetry or music or or comedy on an online platform. And we've been doing a whole year of that, uh, which is really nice. So if you go to our YouTube channel, uh, you can just type in Barbed Wire Open Mic and you can actually see an archive of all those shows. This was a weekly show that started in April of 2020 and has run all the way in all the way through April of 2021. And we're still going in fact, we've been able to run a consistently a consistent weekly show of easily over 20 performers. Um, in this case, our community has expanded to include people from all over the country and in some instances, the world. So we're getting global. It's really nice. And that's actually the whole dream of being able to do some of these online shows. Um, so doing that, I felt like doing online interviews might have been pushing it. And, you know, I didn't want to push it. This this show has always kind of been more of a back burner project for me, which which kind of sucks because I would love to dedicate 100 percent to everything I do. But if you know, Matthew, we just can't do that. There are many there are only so many hours in the day. Uh, But when I have the chance, I always love to feature someone or a project or a group. And that's the whole point of the BWAMS podcast. It's like a deeper it's like digging deeper into the life of an artist or the work of an artist, whether it be a writer, a musician, a filmmaker, uh, an entrepreneur of any sort, really. Um, and so, you know, if you're tuning in for the first time, we do have a whole archive of episodes. As I mentioned, this is episode 52. I encourage you to go back and just listen to past episodes. Um, obviously, if you go back, you'll hear a variety of, of changes to the way this show is done. I'm constantly trying to figure out how to best approach this kind of show whether it be a long interview kind of sit down interview kind of thing or just like a brief highlight uh you know you guys if you guys are interested just get a hold of me and let me know um yeah so check it out i also started a new series called fresh cuts now because you know i've had i've been able to save a little bit of money for a variety of reasons mostly not going out uh i saved up in some equipment and i was able to buy you know a basic starter camera some studio lights i've always had sound equipment so i decided to start showcasing performers through bwoms in other ways and so fresh cuts is a video series kind of my vision for it was something like npr tiny desk series meets bun poetry but for performers in our region. And so I've produced about seven or eight episodes so far. uh, And that's actually double that because 
for all the people that I've come had come into the studio, I've had them, sh- you know, record two or three of their pieces. So you can actually find those online already at, again, you can find them on our YouTube channel, Barbed Wire Open Mic. And, uh, you know, one of the first real treats is I had a, a, a blast from the past. And when I say that, I mean 2006, I believe around 2016, uh, where, you know, through BWAMS, I think it was when we had like four or five shows a week, uh, we were able to meet the ever charismatic musician and storyteller, Richie Castro. And, uh, you know, he just came through and and, uh, I think many of us were enamored by just his, his style and enthusiasm for what he does. Uh, so he he was traveling. I mean, right? He's a traveling musician and songwriter. But you know, passing through, he decided to shoot me a message, and he was looking for a show. And we didn't really have anything available. But I decided, hey, let's do an episode of Fresh Cuts, and we'll also sit down and do a podcast episode. So this is a new kind of format that I'm trying, where I have his. I have he performed two songs and so those will be up on the YouTube channel one is definitely out by this point uh, a song Tucson but we're also going to listen to the song here on this episode including the stories behind them and I'm not really sure if this will stick but you know this is kind of like behind the song so if you want to learn more you can check out the podcast Um, and so if you're coming here from the YouTube channel I'm glad you guys followed that thread if not, check out the video on YouTube because it's always fun to to watch Richie perform and uh, check out all the other performers while you're there. While you are there, uh, without further ado, though, uh, definitely want to I want you guys to check out this interview. It was a lot of fun to just sit back and, and have a conversation with Richie after all these years. Uh, so here it is, episode fifty two with Richie Castro. All right, man. Welcome, welcome back to El Paso. As we were discussing pre-show it's been quite a while we, <laughs> yeah. we, we kept on adding year like yeah it was like no it was like last year no what <laughs> so eventually we got to 2016 i believe was the consensus holy school which, bus that's crazy yeah so really quick um i'm sitting here with richie castro matocayo uh we met at uh he was traveling through town and Ended up at one of the open mics and ended up staying for a whole week. <laughs> performed like maybe at three or four other venues. And uh, it's awesome. In 2021, we're back. Uh, just filmed a couple of episodes of Fresh Cuts, this new series. And you can catch that on YouTube. Definitely do that. And you'll be able to hear them on la- a little later on this podcast. Get a little kind of behind the scenes and hear a little bit about the stories behind the songs. Yeah. Uh, but for now, man, it's good. It's good to sit here with you and yeah. you know, twenty twenty, man, what happened? <laughs> Craziness, <laughs> but, isn't uh, it? Yeah, feels good to kind of have a uh, things happening again. You're back on the road. And, I'm back uh, on the road. That that feels really good. You know, that's uh, I'm happy that I'm I was able to uh, swing by here, El Paso again uh, to come see you. And I knew, you know, I'm always trying to plug into where the cool kids are. And I, I know you're like hook up, you're like a hub of where all the artists kind of 
hover around all the time and you know you being one yourself so i was like okay i'm gonna call the coolest kid i know in el paso so here we are and it's good to see you man well there you go man yeah absolutely uh it felt great listening to live music again i haven't really had a chance to to experience that in well over a year yeah. you did a little, a little personal concert for this and yeah Man, uh, I guess there's a lot of ways we can talk about, but I mean, if you guys, you know, in the intro, you got a little bit about about Richie here, but he's a traveling musician and he is one hell of a storyteller. Like, honestly, one of my my favorites. You know, I remember I remember the first time I think it might have been the frozen yogurt open mic, the the frozert frozen yogurt open mic. <laughs> uh, and you, I remember you before you performed, you did a whole story of, about Cocopelli. Oh. And uh, man, you acted everything out. You did the voices, and it was <laughs> super memorable. And you'll also get cool. a, a sense of that when you're telling your sharing your songs. <clears throat> so before we go into what you've been doing in 2020 and moving forward, like man, the other thing I remember is you're like a, a human jukebox. <laughs> uh, you know a lot of songs. I guess a lot of different style. You play a lot of different styles of music. How um, <clears throat> how long have you been playing, and and where did this, where did you pick this up? Well, uh, yeah, I do. I know a lot of styles, and I would say, um, I would say that's kind of. I'm I'm not the greatest musician. I know tons of guitar players that are real guitar players, and I wouldn't consider myself nowhere near them. I know I know tons of great singers that are really like wow, they can really they can really soar up with their voice. But I think as far as one of my strengths as a musician and a songwriter is I'm I'm able to do the different styles. So I can fake my way through a blues song and, you know, um, I guess fake out 90% of non-musicians who don't understand. Like, okay, you know, I just emulate the – try to capture the essence of blues and just make it my own way or maybe a jazz song or a mariachi song or – you know, a funk song and, you know, and I changed my voice in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started singing, I thought that was, um, cause I always thought people were like, Oh, you don't have a, you don't have your own sound, you know, your voice. And I, I thought that was, um, a downfall of mine, but in the end it, it with, as far as my musical career, it ended up being a, a blessing because it's kind of one of my strengths that I know other musicians are not able to do as well as I'm doing, you know, is changing from one style to another, yeah. you know. It's very much a strength and it's really impressive. And, you know, I, I get what you, the whole explanation and the caveat behind that thing. But, you know, perspective is such an interesting thing, you know, because, yeah, so you're right. Someone who doesn't know, like, that's amazing. But in the end, you are still, it's kind of a very Bruce Lee in a way style without style, you know, it's like water, (laughs) be like water and you're adapting. And and you said it's very useful for your career. And so one of the things I did want to talk about is that um, you're a traveling musician, you know, a lot of, I think there are a lot of people who get into music and and they kind of stay around in their hometown and maybe do tours. But how did you get into that? You know, because I'm sure from there you've traveled all sorts of interesting places, met interesting people. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about, how that's opened up worlds, but I'm, I'm just curious how, how that started. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it started by, uh, well, okay. Oh God, how am I, how am I going to go into this? Okay. <laughs> so it started like before I was an actor. So I think, you know, being as much as I'm performing now on stage, I mean, I definitely have 
a lot of time. We were talking earlier behind the microphone and actually up on stage. But prior to being a musician, I was an actor. So I kind of was able to adapt that stage presence, which... um, but I, I was I was an actor prior, and then when I found music was the first time is I um, I didn't know how to speak Spanish. So as an actor, I decided, okay, I'm just going to sell my car and go to Mexico for about six months and learn to speak Spanish, and then I'll come back because it'll help my acting career. Total immersion. Yeah, immersion exactly. But when I went down there is when I music kind of me toco. It's like bam. And then after that, I just started singing more and more. But before I had the mentality as I'm an actor pretending to be a singer. And it took many years. I I started singing in Cancun. Uh, I was singing. uh, The place I moved first was Puebla, Puebla, Mexico. And then I went to Cancun and then I started singing for Spring Breakers. And I was there for like a year and a half just singing in the big discotheques and, you know, Every night. So I was doing like 28 days a month, you know, for four hours every night. And so that was kind of like my singing boot camp. Finally, after about a a year, I was having problems with my voice. And I went to a doctor and the doctor goes, he asked me because I was like, man, my voice just isn't getting better. It's always hoarse and, you know, and I'm having trouble. And he's like, well, since you're a professional singer, I'm going to give you this extra medicine and stuff. And then I remember I walked out of there and I called my mom. I was like, mom, the doctor called me a professional singer. And my mom was like, what? You are a professional singer. You've been making your living with live music for a year. So after that, that's when I start, instead of calling myself an actor, I started calling myself, uh, I am a singer, you know? Mm. So, and from there, that that's how... Like I didn't go back to acting really. Music just became like I guess you could say the wings on my back that kind of carried me across borders. And then that leads into, you know, I, I like to make music to make people smile. So if somebody liked a different style of music, they're like, Oh, play that country. Do you know this country song? I'd be like, Well, I could fake it, you know? <laughs> and so I would start to learn country songs and pursue my repertoire started getting bigger and wider and more dynamic. And um and that opened up a lot of opportunities for me for traveling. Like I, I went from Mexico to Europe and I lived in Europe for about three years. Then from Europe, I went to Southeast Asia and I was singing in all the tourist places down there for five years. Wow. And just I, everywhere I was going, I was just making music, just playing music, the kind of music people wanted to hear. So I was picking up more and more here and there. So, yeah, like you said, I'm a musical jukebox. I, I could, I literally could play probably seven or eight hours without ever repeating a song. So, man, that, that's yeah. amazing because I distinctly remember at these open mics, you would do this thing that I, I haven't seen anybody else do, where you would give the crowd an option. You know, you talk about, uh, you know, being up there on stage and performing for people and and you know entertaining them, getting yeah, to them to smile. Yeah, yeah. Like you give them the option, and and they were so distinct. Like, all right. Uh, option A is a love song. Option B is like, you know, up and coming story, you know, or like a, or a tale of tragedy and or like, all right, track, track A is an oldies song. Track C is a country <laughs> Western, you know, like, and it, that's really cool because you can adapt to any audience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, I mean, there are some musicians and songwriters out there that need to create from the inside out and you know hopefully be it affects people but in the end i'm you know i am a musician and i do create my own compositions and stuff but i 
I, I generally, the thing that motivates me most is, you know, trying to play for people's smiles. You know, it's just, it always has been, you know, I just, I just like that. Yeah, that's, that's a, I think it's a beautiful philosophy. I mean, it's, it's, it's so simple, but it's, it's powerful. It, it goes a long way. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, so if you guys are listening, that's, you know, always think about your, your motivations, what you're doing, well, why you're doing it. And, <laughs> go with that um so i know you're an amazing storyteller man and and so i know any question i i ask can explode into tree branches of stories upon stories but, back you know, when i was born that reminds me of my birth when i was born a baby yeah um uh, but you know speaking of performing for crowds and and just experiencing the way they react to your performances you know, elephant in the room. Twenty twenty really shut things down. You oh, know, and yeah. it, it was. I mean, obviously, it was it was a rough time for a lot of people. Um, and and obviously, as a performer in any kind of industry, music, you know, poetry or comedy, uh, you know, we lost a lot of live events. And so I know a lot of people had to adapt. In your case, uh, I I saw online, and I know before this discussion you're saying you're really bad at social media but i you know i discovered this on social media which is really cool because i think you were doing live streams you started uh this flatbed music series yeah. uh, tell me about that like, yeah well yeah like it like you like you were saying 2020 just kind of threw a wrench in the whole system for live performance per se so but what happened was um you know i was just looking for uh places to be out in front of people and just um and I, for years, okay, here, here's a quick story about how this all came about. When uh, my grandfather, my, my, my grandfather, when I graduated the, the Colorado State, um, he was so proud of me. He had this truck that he, when he retired, he had this old jalopy towed in on the back of a, on the back of a flatbed. And he had this old 1962 Ford and it was a, just a junker. I think he bought it for 200 bucks. Didn't run and it barely had wheels. I think a couple of wheels were missing and we were all laughed at it. But what happens is he was a mechanic. So he, he worked for two years to build this thing back up. I'm talking every bolt he replaced. He put a new paint job on it and he turned it into an old farmer truck. Uh, it, so it turned out to be a flatbed Ford, you know, 1962. And it, it was it was from from the sweat and blood of my grandfather and then when i graduated school he drove it up to the graduation and he handed me the keys and he was just like i'm proud of you son and he gave me his truck and i was like oh my god now granted when i graduated college i was just a young 20 year old whippersnapper i didn't want an old farmer <laughs> truck cuz it had like those white like what do you call those uh, those white panels on the side oh, you know yeah. like that you keep fruits and everything in dot to hold in yeah. you know your your i guess your haul your haul in the back of your flatbed so it literally looked like an old farmer truck and uh <laughs> and that wasn't picking up chicks for me at that time <laughs> no I mean, eventually vintage no. became in yeah yeah, yeah now, now it's cool but uh i ended up parking it in my uncle's uh garage cabin for 25 years man i just wow. I drove it in there, parked it. Next thing I know, it came back uh, and I left it there. And then about three years ago, no, two years ago, right before 20, so 2019, the garage blew down. There was like a tornado up there and it tore the roof off. Wow. So the truck was exposed to the elements and my parents said, you better go get that. So I went, 
I went up there and I towed it down and you got to, it's like 25 years, 26 years actually that it hadn't been run. All I did was drain the gas. I, the, the gas tank was rusted. So I changed out the gas tank and put some new, um, a new battery in it and it started right up. Awesome. It's like, boom. and so I have this beautiful flatbed. I mean, mint condition still just like, I mean, it smelled like my grandpa's garage. And so what I decided to do, I said, I'm going to, take this flatbed and I'm going to put a generator on the back and I'm going to go do some live performances in different places. And in order, you know, it's always more fun to play music with people. So I kind of set up this thing called Parkinstrom flatbed forward concerts. And I kind of did the live streaming and that's what you saw. And so I would invite different musicians to come play with me on the back of the flatbed and we'd go to different locations and we'd stream it. And so we started doing that and it, it was, it was pretty fun. And ever since then, uh, once we started doing these flatbeds, then people started hiring me to go into their neighborhoods, like block parties. So I started inviting more musicians. Now I, me, you know, my whole band plays up there on the back of the flatbed and it's all, and we even, we did this one series It's pretty cool, but it was in this, it's called the wash park area in Denver and the whole community organizers had us hired us to move around in different parts of the community. Like we'd go to one block, park, play for 30 minutes, drive to the next two blocks away, park. And then all the neighbors on that block would be sitting out. We'd play for 30 minutes and we did like a whole four hour series. And it was, it was really cool, man. So that, that was fun. So we've been doing these flatbed Ford concerts and (laughs) yeah, like I was saying, I'm headed back to Denver now because the weather's, changing it's warming up so i'm going to be playing some more flatbed forward shows that's awesome man and so people can cat are you still doing live streams or is it just kind of more live, I sh- live yeah i haven't been like i was saying i kind of struggle with uh because it's um before when i did the series and stuff my wife was in town and she was she was kind of controlling the go well, you know how it is god i gotta set up the camera and yeah. you know being on on the truck and controlling the the sound with and if i have other musicians it's just I got too much going on and somebody's got to be so behind the camera. it helps to have someone helping, yeah. Yeah, in order to do the live stream, you know. So, But I, I might be throwing some stuff up on my Facebook or on my YouTube channel. Um, you know, it won't be live stream, but it, maybe it'll be pre-recorded. I could share some stuff. That's awesome, man. I mean, it's good to have content, you know. And, and so speaking of which, we... As part of this podcast, we also did a... We filmed a couple of your songs. And let's just take a, a second to listen to the first one. And this is a a song inspired by Tucson. Tucson, Arizona. (laughs) So let's check that one out. So as I was telling Richie that uh, last time I came through El Paso, I was headed up to Colorado. But this is my favorite via through El Paso hangout here and some of my artist friends. But also, I love to hit this, uh, the desert area, especially that that part up there near Tucson. Last time I was there... Um, I fell in love with the desert and I got inspired to write this next song that I'd like to play for you. And um, I remember parking outside of Tucson out in the desert with my RV and I just pulled out the guitar and the sun started to go down and I was, I, I got the nice silhouettes of these, uh, these big cactus, those suado cactus. And then once the sun finally did go down, it was like a bazillion stars came out into the sky. And I was just being overtaken by the, the romantic atmosphere of the desert was giving. And I just imagined 
those giant cactus sort of in that tango sort of dancing like that. And suddenly as my imagination was going out in the distance, I heard these little and I thought, I'm gonna write a song with the coyotes acting as my choral singers in the background. So here's a little song I wrote called Tucson Coyote. Kind of has that old kind of desert cowboy feel to it. Ay, qué bonita, ella baila con la calma de desierto. En mi bailarina rusa, ay, qué suave, ella pinta con la brocha de Arizona. O con azul de cielo y rojo de la montaña y amarillo de sol y no lo olvide colores de sus flores en tu sun to sun to sun saguaro's tango digs into sun to sun to sun to sun la luna wants you to dance to the coyotes singing melodies up to the desert sky coyote coyote That was a fun song. Uh, something that I think that really enhances it is your use of the your 
would you call it? Not it's not a looper, but like your pedal. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a harmony pedal. So basically, I run my guitar. It's it's a really neat little device, and playing by yourself it really helps, you know, because sometimes you have these songs where it's just like, oh, the chorus needs a little an extra voice on there. So um, it's it's really neat. It's just a harmony pedal, and I've been around for a while and stuff. And I just started using it about a year ago, but mm-hmm. now it's just like I, I don't want to play without it like solo anymore because I'm just so like, oh, I love this thing. Yeah, you know, it just gives it that little extra kick. You know, just a little adds a little specialness here and there. It does. So, I mean, oh, let me. Can I tell you something sure. really fast about this song, the the Coyote song? It's a fun song. Yeah. So what I didn't know, Richie, is like I I. Uh, after I wrote that song, just like a month later, I went to Cambodia to go with my friend Jimbo, the one that I told you that I that I take yeah. these uh, trips. Sorry about that. Um, I take these trips out there, and I went into Cambodia, and we were out there playing in bars, and I was like, "Oh, here's a song I just wrote about uh about coyotes, and I would like to have some some of the audience members howl like a coyote. So if you don't mind, well, what I didn't know." Is that they don't have coyotes in oh. Asia? I had no coyotes are only native to the Americas. They okay. don't even have coyotes in Europe, which is crazy. Wow. So I what, did they I make? Had did no they, idea that that was so. So they, they just mimic your sound, or yeah. Well, then I had to explain. I was like, well, coyotes are like these, oh. like they're like miniature wolves, kind of like dogs, but and they do howl, but they're more of a yelp, 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 yelp. tricks to God, you know, like that. That's why it's like coyote. Okay, that's fun. Oh yeah, someone's like, hold on, hold on, coyote. What are you talking about here? Yeah, they, <laughs> they didn't know what it was. I was just like, oh. whoa. So I learned something new about trying to play that song in friggin' Asia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, wanted, I mean, I wanted to mention the the coyote part, and that's cool, man. You kind of actually went ahead of me there because I, I I was like very interesting since you do travel globally. Um, sometimes there's a cultural gap. Oh you know, yeah, and, and yeah. Some of your original songs that you play in, and so that's that's a, a good one. But I love that you harmonize and add your 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 pedal to kind of add to the the coyotes howling in the background, and <laughs> you know the, your use of the mic to kind of mimic the distance, and that's that's pro right there. Oh, you know, just thanks, experience man. and uh, and and again the harmon the harmonies to the through the pedal like just add to that cowboy sound yeah that's <laughs> like i always tell everybody like you know like i kind of say like i kind of set that song up sometimes live about like imagine uh, we're all traveling to the desert of arizona it gets kind of late sun's going down and we gotta make a bar and get these horses tied down you know and i was like create like this campfire experience and suddenly i start in with that whistle like Sounds very like cowboyish, you know. So. Very catchy melody. So where I mean, I'm trying to figure out how to how to phrase this, you know. Like since since you do pick up so much, you know, it's like you're you're a sponge, and I'm sure that's so helpful when you you're setting out to write your own original music. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, I think uh, trying to learn all those different styles and emulate, uh, you know, the different styles, you you kind of have to like dig into the music and like, because there's no way I could really sing a jazz song like a jazz singer. Mm-hmm. But what I have to do is I kind of got to dig into this, the style and try to pull the the essence of, you know, what it jumps out, you know, of what a kid would notice about, you know that isn't cultured it was like something emulating uh i don't know uh, yeah 
Okay, here's a quick story. Not a big story because I don't want to go into it. But I had this uh, one of my. I was playing in a band with this Swedish guy. His name was Bjorn, and uh, he told me this really crazy, funny story. When he was a kid, none of his friends they would play cowboys and Indians. And I said, "Oh, you guys in the Sweden would play cowboys and Indians." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And he says, "And I always played the cowboy." And I said, "Why?" And he said, "Well, because I kind of talked. In- they thought I could talk English, so of course I would be the cowboy." And I was like, "Well, could you speak English when you were a kid?" And he's like, "No, no, I just pretended I did." And I was like, "How do you pretend you speak English?" And he's like, "This frack and frack and frack and frack and frack and frack and frack 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 Shrek, shrek. And it used to make me crack up. But that's that's what a kid's ears mm. hear. Do you know what I mean? About yeah. and that's what you're talking about, picking up sounds. And so in, in a lot of ways, that's what I do as I, I move around and and you know, kind of soak up these different sounds and experiences as I travel around. So I'm able to kind of throw those things into into my music. That's good. And there's like an attitude behind it too, I imagine. Like kinda you have to kinda fully go into it. Like hold back. <laughs> yeah, you, gotta, you can't pull off a timid cowboy. You gotta be rack and fragger, fragger, fragger. That sounds like a Looney Tunes character, yeah, right. or like a Muppet or yeah. know, something like that's great, man. So your your songwriting process then, uh you were talking about one of your, your newest songs and you you also got to shared a little bit uh it's a song dedicated to your mother right yeah i i, I don't know or, if it's or not, de- dedicated. Yeah, not dedicated i would say it was uh inspired by her you know just thinking yeah. about my mom yeah so it's uh it's called train of lola yeah let's check it out this one's got a this is a fresh cut if you will and it's uh it's got that wide open spaces uh, feel to it, kind of the Southwest feel, because it's kind of what I'm, I'm into as a songwriter at the moment. But uh, this song I wrote for me mama. And uh, I was thinking about my mom and just kind of her essence and the way she makes me feel. And I'm a little bit, I guess, hesitant to actually play this song for her because it's, it's got kind of a deep sadness to it. Uh, my mother, my mother's name is Dolores. They call her Lola, but uh, in Spanish, the Dolores means uh, the the aches or the pains. And uh, funny enough, that's kind of how my mom moves through the world—not in a physical way, but she kind of she kind of suffers in, in a in a joyful way. She kind of suffers in joy and suffers in. With sadness, of course, like all of us, but there's kind of a a deep sort of something that she carries along through her life, either through worrying about, oh, I hope God looks out for them. And, oh, she's always hoping the best. And even when things do come together, she kind of tears of joy. And that's kind of what this one's about, the journey of my mother's life and kind of shedding the tears and shedding the sadness in all the moments of her life, in the sadness, the joy, and of course, the past and future. But this one is called The Train of Lola. Mm-hmm. 
song i did like that fade out it's very natural uh one of the one of the benefits of getting to record these now the the film because prior to this episode this podcast really only had the audio component uh-huh. but now i'm adding a little some visual performance aspect which uh, again if you guys do want to watch that you can go on youtube and just look up barbed wire open mic fresh cuts you can look up richie castro and you can check out those songs 
but here's the episode where you get the story behind it. Yeah. You just heard it. So <laughs> pretty cool, man. Behind but the scenes. Being able to see it is, is again, uh, you know, in terms of performance, there's these little intangible things that I feel like you can only pick up over time through experience. Um, and, or if you're just kind of starting or getting used to being a performer, if you're really acute or aware, you might pick on what people are doing. And so I mentioned natural delays that you do or natural kind of uh, decrescendos, you know, <laughs> and a lot of it's just mic control. Where are you standing in, in location to the mic? Uh, and then just your, your natural fadeaway at the end, you know, you just started kind of strumming slower and it just it was so natural it was almost like someone was there at the fader just sliding <laughs> it down that's <laughs> so cool to see that you know visually yeah yeah that's a um mic dynamics is a is kind of a i mean as a performer you learn that you, sometimes you learn it a lot later because sometimes musicians are doesn't matter how good you are um you get sometimes wrapped up in your own head and you're just kind of, uh, and you forget about, well, what does the overall sound sound like? You know, you gotta, you gotta be listening. And that's part of, um, um, I guess, churning towards using those, dy- those vocal dynamics or the mic dynamics of kind of mic control, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not a hard thing to learn necessarily, but it, it is something that somebody needs, you, you need to put some effort into paying attention to it. And it's it's like a tool, you know, it's like a tool. It's just like having a guitar effect pedal. You know, you can use it as a tool and then it's part of the whole musical experience. So um, learning that mic control is is part of your tool as a musician. Yeah, I mean, those are those are some pretty uh, great points. Um, and there's, there's th- these are things that I feel like I've, I've found myself uh, saying to my, you know, writing students. Um, and things like how important it is to pay attention, you know, and just kind of maybe be aware of yourself. Um, those definitely go a long way. And it, I think it transcends into any kind of skill level, anything you get into. It's, it's, it's kind of just that type yeah. of awareness is, is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you're such a natural, you know, aside from the music and, and just getting used to performing. Cause I know aside from stages, you do a lot of busking as well. And, uh, I know in the past, I mean, can you mention acting? Um, I I understand you've also kind of, you know, as a storyteller, I've seen you do like educational kind of jobs where you, you know, you kind of work with kids. Explain. Yeah, yeah actually, I was really lucky during 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of one of my gigs, probably for the past five or six years, I, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a storyteller, um, you know, and but I've been kind of um, hired on as a storytelling consultant for these different children's foundations in in Denver, and it's been really good. It's been really good for at least like my um, financial uh, part of it. It's allowed me to kind of relax on having to make music or money with music. So the storytelling with this gigs, uh, it's kind of entering in more of a professional atmosphere. You know, so they would come to me first as a, a storytelling consultant to create different, like they'll they'll have like an agenda, like for example, one one um, one foundation came to me and said we would like to teach kids about climate change and what it means to them and what they can do about it. Hmm. 
So then they would say, and we have a mascot that we need you to use within the story. And we need, uh, we'd also have to like to have something put in there about being open to your neighbors and, you know, being help, be ready to help people who are helps. And so it's just like throw all these ingredients on the table and then I go back and then I come back with the whole story. And, mm-hmm. and then sometimes they, they, they ask me to write a song with the story. So sometimes it's for stage plays and sometimes it's for little short movies. And so in 2020, I got a, a bigger project um, uh, that I got contracted for or commissioned for. And it was uh, it was that climate change thing. And I was lucky enough to work with my wife for the first time. And she's a, she's a visual artist. Mm-hmm. And we worked on this project. It was our first one together. And she is just so talented and and our our talents just kind of complement each other and we both worked on this project together and we were so lucky because we we filmed everything that we needed it, it was a little 15 minute movie but we filmed everything we needed with all of our actors and dancers and I wrote all the music and then covid hit and then they shut everything down but we had all the film in the can so we just went back to editing and it took us almost 4 months to edit the whole thing and you know me finishing up all the writing of the music so wow. it, Turned out to be like a little mini musical. And so we spent a lot of time on that. And, you know, we were really lucky that during that time when things were really shut down, uh, we were sitting in front of the computer, you know, still with a job. You had work. And- yeah, so that's really nice. And I hopefully I could do a lot more of that. So anybody out there that needs a good story <laughs> or a song and a story, just let me know. Feel feel free to contact me. Yeah, it's such a cool like niche to be in, you know, in, in that in that regard. Uh, are these available anywhere to find online by any chance? Or well, you can you can like probably go to my YouTube channel. I got some stuff on there, or also maybe try my website. Uh, I'm gonna be sticking some some of this stuff up. Uh, but my YouTube channel, you could probably type in my. Um, I think it's <laughs> yeah. I guess if you type in my um, my name, you'll probably find uh, something on YouTube. It's Richie Castro, uh, or you can type in my email into I guess the Google, uh, into um, the YouTube search, which would be historyhunter dot Richie mm. at Gmail. So I know for sure you'll find me through that way. Awesome. Yeah, and then my website is. Can I give that right now? Yeah, so, totally. So my website is just richiecastro. dot com, and so you can, if you need to get in contact with me, you can do it there. I also got some original music on there and a little okay. bit of stories, um, a little bit of my history and some different things of what I've done. So, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. That's usually a, an end of a show thing, but I, I had to ask because. You know, people listening are like, well, what if we want to see it? Yeah, what if we want to <laughs> yeah, see it? Sorry. Yeah, you can always get in contact me through, definitely through the website. And uh, if you, I do have some recordings and stuff of some different music that I've done. Unfortunately, I just have it on CD. I need to update myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> but that that will probably be, maybe this, maybe doing this podcast will get me geared up into sticking some stuff on Spotify and I will definitely have that linked up to my website. So yeah, that'd be really cool. I'd love to check out some of that music. That's yeah. I'm going to do that. Actually, I'm going to do that this week. Hey, how about good that? Point. There you go. You got a goal. <laughs> it's always good to have a goal, right? A little yeah. something to... I haven't meaning to do it. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm just, 
I'm like a dinosaur, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a good point though. Um, maybe like in 2019, I had I had some friends release a CD, and so and so you know in support. I'm like I bought one, uh, but then I realized I didn't really have anywhere to play it. I know that I became know, the issue. I got all these CDs that I've had for a couple of years that I you know that normally I would sell at my shows and uh, stuff, but I still got some CDs, but I don't know what I'm gonna do with them because <laughs> honestly, I don't even own a CD player. Yeah, it's it was a little harder. I was like, oh, this is gonna be tough. Yeah, yeah. So I got to update. That's gonna happen this week. Thanks, go. Richie. Interesting. Make uh, me make shift into the digital world. I had one one last, uh, I guess, way like I guess uh, series, not the series, but like I'm just gonna cut this part out because I'm bam, uh, rambling. Um, I just had one more question. Do you ever still get nervous for a performance? Yeah, you know what the crazy thing is is like. Um, okay i'll tell you generally no i don't and the bigger the room the more people the less i am nervous Mm -hmm. which is really strange but the more intimate the more nervous i normally am like if Mm -hmm. if i was just singing for in a living room for two or three or somebody's parents i I can get that's where i start to feel the nerves Mm -hmm. but i'll tell you what i was i was literally just this last weekend this is crazy my friend asked me to marry her daughter as the pastor, I guess. Okay. And I, I, I can't remember the last time I was that nervous. Wow. I was, I was so nervous. I was, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was really shook up. I, and I mean, in the end, I just kind of like, yeah, I, prior to it all, I was really, I, for, I didn't think, I don't think I slept the night before. So, <laughs> I was really nervous about that whole thing and just being on stage and facilitating that whole thing. But once it started and I felt, you know, I had studied that material, just what comes next and what needed to be said and what prayer leading. Cause I, I didn't grow up in church at all. So mm-hmm. I never led a prayer or even like, did anything like that, but it was pretty formal. So, and that's, that's a special day of somebody to be messing up. So I was very <laughs> nervous about messing up, but I didn't, once things started, it just my I think the entertainer and the the performer and me just kind of clicked in, and I just kind of relaxed into it, and it all turned out great. You know, everybody was happy. So, but yeah, speaking of nervous, that I, I hadn't been that nervous in years. Yeah, I mean, I have to ask because you know a lot of uh, the listeners of this show are performers themselves or thinking about performing, and so. I mean that's just something everyone experienced, and sometimes it's 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 so much for someone. I, I know some oh, people yeah. get so like anxiety or the nervous, and it stops them sometimes, or um, you know, or they work through it, which is yeah. great too. So one thing I can say, you know, what helped me with like auditions or doing getting up in front of people mm-hmm. is like when I started doing directing and kind of producing some stuff, being on the other side of it. And then watching people like audition for you and you watch them, that helped me so much. Mm -hmm. Because in the end, this is something to keep in mind, right? Mm -hmm. In the end, whenever you're getting up in front of somebody or or a group of people or you're auditioning for people, what they're really looking for is you want to always try to just leave a bit of yourself with them. Give them yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be, even if you're nervous, be nervous and, you know, speak to it say man i'm really nervous and because once you speak to it that's really you and that is part of leaving who you are and you know and 
and just just go up there and give a little bit of yourself. And then the more you do it, if you go in it with that intention, like I'm going to give part of, and if me being a nervous wreck right now, and I'm going to go up and give it, don't try not to be a nervous wreck. Just be a nervous wreck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the more you do it, the easier it becomes. So, and I learned that from being on the other side of the table. You know, I mean, we've all been in the audience where we've seen somebody just like, it's painful to watch them because they're just like, you know, they're, they're too nervous. It's better. It's okay to be nervous, but just, they're trying not to be. It's like, they're just, just be nervous. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's interesting. It's like flowing into it in the way, like, just, just do, do, yeah, just be it. Speak to it. Yeah. That's what I do. I just, fighting it, then you become, I just call, I just call it and say, sorry, guys, I'm really nervous. You know, I'm just, Mm This is this is how I this is what's happening with me right now. And that's giving part of me and everybody can appreciate that. And if they don't, they can go suck a hose. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it like that. Uh, that's awesome, man. I think that's pretty great advice. Uh because even in, in your in the wedding story, it's like you found yourself in unfamiliar territory. Oh, yeah. But then you kind of the framework of all these other experiences kind of realize, well, I've been here before. Not specifically this situation, but I can. And it speaks to the reason why I was asked to do that Mm. is because they wanted a piece of me because I am not a preacher. I never I didn't. And they wanted like a holy union, like they wanted all the prayers and the whole thing. But the reason why they asked me to do is because they wanted a piece of my energy, a piece of me. And where I became really nervous was I was trying, I was forgetting about that. Mm-hmm. I was forgetting, just give them a piece of who I am because that's why they asked me to do it. And I was, when I was nervous of just trying to figure it all out and like making sure to stay to the scripture and stay to the, you know, word for word, there the whole script that they wrote for me, that's when I was nervous. But then once, once I got up there, I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to be who I'm not. And then once, once I just relaxed into that, then it was, it just was perfect. It flowed. That's awesome, man. That <laughs> speaking of flow, this, this whole combo flowed very much. So we're <laughs> like, okay, I don't want to go a whole, whole hour, man, but, um, <laughs> sorry. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's great. And I love it. You can just kind of sit back and, and, uh, you know, a lot of the questions I, I was kind of leading towards you kind of already naturally started answering and everything which is awesome yeah. too because i was going to ask well what's what's uh now that you're doing a little bit more traveling and getting back into performing i mean that's one of the reasons you you contacted me look for for a gig or something what uh what are you looking forward to in 2021 and, and moving forward um in 2021 if anybody's going to be in norway uh <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm really excited because I'm kind of entering a, a new plateau with my storytelling, and uh, uh, me and my wife are working on our second uh, project together. She's from Norway, and that's the Chamber Music Orchestra. We applied uh, to to put together their children's program, and it's it's like an artist collaboration thing. So they they get um, this classically trained modern dancer. Or, and um, not a classically trained modern dancer. Is that, can that even be? <laughs> I, love, I love that. No, it was a, 
highly trained modern dancer, okay. you know, like okay. went to the best schools. And then this classically trained um, symphony orchestra uh, celloist. And uh, we we did these auditions to find the dancer and then the the instrumentalist. And then I am going to be the performer, like the actor and the writer of the story. And my wife is acting as the the artistic director slash costume designer. And so we're working together and we got this grant by the Norwegian government to put this show together. And that's happening in July. So it'll be, well, the rehearsal started in July, but it will be August 13th. And then there'll probably be like four shows during um, a weekend. And um, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be really cool, man. I never worked with uh, such high caliber people who are real, like top level um, artists in their field. Mm. And we're coming together to create something. And so I feel honored to be, you know, the performer in that and kind of the the storyteller of that story. So that's going to be nice. That's great news. Congratulations. Thank you. A, yeah, thank you. It's a great thing to, to end on, I think, uh, for this show and to look forward to. So once again, if people do want to follow that, they can just kind of check you out through your website. Yep. Website, richiecastro.com. Awesome, man. Appreciate cool. you sharing those songs and stories today. Thanks, Richie. Thanks for Absolutely. taking time, man. I really appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Take All right, easy, man. Cool style ain't what it used to. Two, two. Microphone check. One, two, two. Microphone check. One, two, two, two. Microphone check. One, two. Lyrical style ain't what it used to. Two, two. Microphone check. One, two, two. Microphone check. One, two, two. Microphone check. One, two. Lyrical style ain't what it used to.